Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the John Cordray Podcast Show number five. You're in the green zone with John Cordray. Hello and welcome to the John Cordray Show. I am a licensed therapist and a national certified counselor and I have a podcast show that's talking primarily about uh, people who struggle with various things and I break it down basically to the three different zones, the red zone, the blue zone and the green zone. Uh, The red zone meaning the anger and uh, negativity and stress, blue zone, anxiety, depression, uh, things like fear. And then the green zone is actually the happy zone, if you will, uh, the peacefulness, positivity, things that, uh, that bring calmness to your life. And this show is all about uh, if you're in the red or blue zone, how to get into that green zone. And today, uh, I'm really excited uh, about today because I want to really focus on failing marriages, marriages that are on the rocks, uh, they're on the brink of divorce or separation. And, and I want to talk about specifically 10 insights to help revive those dead feelings. Um, and I, I see a lot of couples that come in to see me uh, for marriage counseling, and really uh, one of the things that I that I see as a trend, um, a lot of couples wait until the last moment, uh, to come and they wait and, uh, perhaps it's too late. Uh, they put it off, put it off, put it off. And then finally the last resort to come to see me and there's not a whole lot I can do because one or both of the spouses are dead set against, uh, getting back together and they're already out the door. Uh, so it's really difficult. So that's a trend that I've been seeing that let's say a, a couple is 80% ready for a divorce. I will say that's too late to get counseling. Uh, you, you really should come in to, uh, or go see a, a therapist, uh, when you're having some problems, maybe you're thinking about wanting to move away separate or even in different bedrooms, uh, that's a good sign uh, that you might need somebody. And and to acknowledge that you need some outside help is not acknowledging failure. Um, and I think a lot of people, and especially men, have a really hard time admitting that they need to go in and talk to somebody. And, uh, you know, men can be prideful uh, at that. Uh, but I wanted to talk about... Um, 
marriages that are that are on the brink of divorce or or heading that way and and there are really top the, the top three reasons reasons that I have found as a therapist a marriage therapist is uh, for fairy, failing marriages one is unhealthy communication they don't know how to communicate with one another they talk at each other not with each other uh, the second one is finances or lack of finances maybe one spouse is spending too much. Uh, not uh, paying the bills on time. Um, maybe it's just a hardship of trying to pay the bills uh, that can bring that stress upon the family. Uh, and then the third one is kind of a, a lack of romance or passion uh, in the in the relationship. Uh, parenting is also in the, uh, in the mix. Uh, so there are basically three main reasons for uh, marriages that are failing. Uh, but there can can be really all sorts of reasons: uh, infidelity, uh, both emotional and physical infidelity. Uh, it could be uh, in-laws problems. Uh, you, you name it. Uh, so, if you're listening to this, my guess is you're probably uh, have some form of problem in your marriage. And I'm thankful. I uh, appreciate that you're here, and I welcome you. Uh, to listen to it. And ideally, I would love to have both uh, husband and wife listening to it as well, uh, because they, I think they this is a good opportunity to listen to somebody doesn't know you at all, uh, but listen to a therapist talk about what are some things that you can do to help revive your marriage. So let's, let's talk about the 10 insights uh, real quickly. Uh, the first insight uh, is that uh, it's more important to resolve a conflict than to win it. Uh, when you're in the heat of the battle or heat of the moment, you're angry, you're, you're, uh, you say something mean, and the, and the other person says something mean back, and you're firing, and, and all of a sudden you want to win that fight. Uh, but I will say that it's a lot more important to try to resolve the conflict than to win it. And that means... Uh, in order to resolve the conflict, you might have to admit that you are wrong on some level. That uh, perhaps you raised your voice or you said something mean. That's when you need to take a step back, swallow your pride, and say, you know what, I should not have said that. I should not have said it that way, or I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings uh, by what I said. So really try to take a step back. And remember, it's more important to try to resolve the conflict than to win it. Uh, this is not a competition. It's not about who can yell the loudest. It's not about who can hurt the person, each other the most. Uh, it really comes down to you. You've got to learn how to resolve that conflict. And swallowing your pride and, and asking for forgiveness is a big part of resolving conflict. Um, so that's insight number one. Resolve conflict is better. It's uh, more important to, than to win it. Insight number two, it takes two to be in conflict, but only one to end it. So be the one to end it. Uh, it's really connected to the first insight of resolving a conflict. Uh, but again, insight number two, it takes two people to be in a conflict, but only one person to end it. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, let's say you're arguing about something. You can either go on and on and on and on and fight, 
or one of you can choose to stop the bickering, stop the yelling, and say, you know what, I don't want to fight about this. Let's calm down and come back to it maybe in a few minutes while we're calm, and let's try to end the conflict, and that meaning resolve it. So the first insight is to resolve the conflict is better than to win it. The second insight, it takes two to be in a conflict, but only one to end it. Uh, Insight number three is uh, to learn to let go of the things from the past. So if you can't change the past, you can at least let go of of the unhealthy thoughts that come with it. Uh, And I'm not saying that you never deal with something that happened in the past. not saying that at all. Uh, Many times you do have to go into the past, resolve that issue before you can move forward. Uh, But really what I'm talking about is when you're in a conflict and you're, you're, you're angry, don't bring something else up that happened three weeks ago, a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago as a way of hurting another person. We tend to do that. We have a reserve that when we get to a certain point, and we're angry, we'll reach back in that reserve and and we'll throw it back in the face of the other person because we're so angry or or we want to get even. uh, And so we're going to just go right back into the past and throw that right into the face. Uh, But I want to encourage you, you need to learn to let go of the past. If If it's resolved, if it's not resolved, then I would say you have to go back and resolve it. But if it's something that you have resolved already, forgiveness have, has been asked for and forgiveness has been extended and it's resolved, don't go back and bring it up again. Learn to let it go. So the first insight, resolve conflict and, and not win it. Uh, second one is to, it takes two to be in a conflict, only one to end. The conflict. Insight number three, learn to let things go from the past. And number four, insight number four is be quick to listen and slow to become angry. Now, this is can be very difficult for some people. So to be quick to listen, slow to become angry. So if you can learn this, if you can learn to keep your mouth shut, but listen to your spouse. I mean, really, don't just hear them, but listen to them. Listen to what they're saying and try to listen at their heart. A lot of times, couples get into an argument because they're hurt or they're offended or they're scared. So if you can learn to keep your mouth shut, even when you're angry, keep your mouth shut, just listen to your spouse Maybe even ask some some good questions. You know, wow, I didn't realize you were hurt like that. What's something that I did? What's something that I can change? So if you can learn to be quicker to listen and slower to become angry, that is going to really help you bring your conflict down. Uh, Insight number five, um, I will say in the heat of the moment, in the middle of the conflict, Move toward your spouse instead of away. It's very normal or natural to feel like either you're going to fight 
or you're going to flee in the middle of a conflict. But I want to encourage you to move towards one another, not in an angry, uh, conflictual way, but move toward one another of, uh, meaning do something or say something nice, even if they don't deserve it. If you can give a compliment, if you can encourage, give an encouragement to your spouse, then that's you're moving toward them. But as soon as you say something mean or do something intentional to hurt them, you're moving away. And I use the analogy a lot of uh, when, when couples come to see me, that there's a wedge and it's an invisible wedge. And the far, the harder that you hit on top of that wedge, the further apart you, you become. And each time you do something, uh, whether it's, uh, say something mean or you say, uh, or you don't do something out of anger, you keep hitting on that wedge and it moves you further and further apart. Uh, So I want to encourage you with insight number five is to move toward your spouse instead of away, meaning do something or say something nice, even if they don't deserve it. Okay, insight number six. This could be a tough one. Insight number six is to admit to your spouse when you're wrong. Admit to your spouse when you're wrong. If you did something that you shouldn't have done, if you said something you shouldn't have said, you're wrong. Admit it. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. Go to your spouse and say, you know what? I should not have done that. I should not have said that. And you're right. I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? That will go a long way. If you can learn to admit to your spouse when you're wrong, that will really encourage your spouse. It will build your relationship like no other. But as soon as you... Blame the other person for what you did or give excuses for why you did it. That's going to, again, hit on that wedge, drive you further away from your spouse. But when you admit to your spouse when you're wrong, you're going to come closer to him. And that is something I, I would definitely encourage you to try. Insight number seven. Insight number seven Find common ground on what you both agree on. So if it's you're fighting against parenting issues or finances or in-laws or relationships or whatever, whatever you're fighting, whatever that conflict is, really try to find the common ground of what you both agree on. 
So, for instance, let's say you're fighting about parenting. And you, one spouse is, wants you, you know, to do it one way and the other spouse wants to, to parent a different way. Really try to focus on, at first, what you both agree on. And what you would both agree on is that you both love your children. That's a common ground. Start there. Make that your foundation. Fo- uh, start with what you agree on and then move on from there. If you always look at what you both disagree on, you'll never get to that foundation. You'll always be in discord, and that's never good, especially when it comes to parenting. Uh, parenting that you, both spouses need to be in agreement on uh, on how to parent. All right, insight number eight. Insight number eight that I would just encourage you to do. Uh, I would actually encourage any spouse to do, whether they're struggling in their marriage or not, and that is take 15 minutes every day to sit down to get rid of all distractions, including phones and and iPads and all that. So unplug, turn the TV off, kids away, just you and your spouse. Take 15 minutes a day to sit down and look at each other in the eyes and talk. Just talk about anything. Just don't talk. bring up issues that might cause a problem, but just communicate. Talk about your day coming up. Talk about the day before. Talk about maybe going on a vacation. Talk about whatever. Maybe plans to uh, rearrange the house. I don't know. But the point is, take 15 minutes out of your day, sit down, and look at each other in the eyes and just talk for 15 minutes every day. It will do wonders for your marriage. Insight number nine. Number nine is to learn to compromise. Uh, and, and, and again, this could be difficult because it involves being humble. Learn to compromise. Something that uh, you need to tell yourself, I'm not going to get my way all the time. Ask yourself, what am I willing to give up? So if you can learn to compromise, meet each other in the middle, that will go a long way. Insight number 10, the last one, is ask your spouse what would make uh, him or her feel loved by you. So ask your spouse uh, what she or he would, how, how she would he would feel loved by you. If you do that, if you can ask your spouse, hey, what can I do to help you feel loved? How can I show you my love? And you might be surprised what you hear and what in be prepared what you hear because you may not have been doing it. You know, perhaps your spouse needs you to, to uh, tell her that she, you know, more verbally that she looks pretty or maybe your husband needs to hear that you're proud of him for providing for the family. Uh, perhaps it's an act of service where you actually do something for one another and maybe clean the kitchen and the dishes without being asked or uh, maybe it's buying someone a gift um, or writing a little note and saying, I love you, I'll be thinking of you. So those little things can go a long way. So it might just, maybe you just ask your spouse, hey, what, what can I do to really show you and demonstrate my love for you? Uh, so those are the 10 insights. Uh, again, I'll, I'll real quickly go over them. Uh, number one, 
It's more important to resolve a conflict than to win it. Number two, it takes two to be in a conflict, but only one to end it. Number three, learn to let go of things from the past. If you can't change the past, you can at least uh, let go of the unhealthy thoughts. Um, so let go of the things of the past. Number four, be quick to listen and slow to become angry. Number five, move toward your spouse instead of away. Uh, do something or say something nice, even if they don't deserve it. Number six, admit to your spouse when you're wrong. You're not perfect and you will be wrong. Number seven, find common ground on what you both agree on. Number eight, take 15 minutes a day and sit down, look at each other in the eyes without distraction and just talk about anything. Number nine, learn to compromise. Uh, ask yourself, what are you willing to give up? Uh, what are you willing to let your spouse uh, be able to do even if you don't want to do it? Number 10, ask your spouse uh, what would make them feel loved by you. And if you can do that, if you can start working on these 10 insights, maybe one insight at a time. And uh, by the way, I'll, I will have these 10 insights uh, on my show notes so you can look those up. Um, so if you can work on these insights, I really believe that uh, it will improve your marriage. And, you know, th th these are the things that I encourage the, my my uh, couples that come to see me for marriage counseling. And, and if you can do this, uh, I really think you can build your marriage instead of destroy it. Um, so if you have a failing, failing marriage, don't make the same mistakes that a lot of couples make and wait till it's too late. That's the, the, the worst thing that you can do. And even if, and I would even go as far as saying that, let's say you um, want to get counseling, but your spouse doesn't. You can't make your spouse go, but you can go. Now, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be as uh, the best, but at least your therapist can help guide you and perhaps work on a way to bring your spouse in. It's much better to at least have one spouse go than none. So uh, if you're listening to this and, and you're kind of on the fence about whether or not to go to a therapist and on your own, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, and, and I really believe that there's still hope for failing marriages, and if your marriage is starting to uh, crumble, I believe there's still hope, and it's still possible to revive your marriage, and uh, I really believe that. Um, so don't don't just give up. Uh, do everything you can, as much as you can. Uh, I would say don't wait till the last very last minute when when you're in critical mode to go to a therapist. And, you know, really get get on the ball with that. Um, and I, I would just really encourage you to uh, think through and remember um, what brought you two together in the first place. That's one of the questions I asked uh, couples. Uh, I asked them to tell me how they met and what made them get to know each other and did they date and what was it like when they first got married 
Um, sometimes we talk about their honeymoon. You know, and, and I, I find that a lot of couples, especially couples who've been married a long time, they forget that. They forget when they first fell in love, and they forget what it felt like. And sometimes we need to be reminded. Uh, so if, if you need to be reminded, just think about that. What brought you to your spouse in the first place? Why did you say yes, or why did you ask your spouse to marry you? And think about your wedding and your honeymoon and, and just uh, that feeling of uh, just being in love. And don't forget that feeling. And I, I believe it can, it can be restored and you can get that back. It's going to take work. You know, marriages I found that have been um, the longest, been, been married the longest, are not perfect marriages. You know, there there are marriages that have been, uh, you know, they've been married for 50-some years, but they're not perfect. They've actually gone through a lot of hardships, uh, a lot of ups and downs, but they have discovered uh, a lot of these insights that uh, they're not going to always get their way. Whenever two people are living together, they're not going to get your way. And you have to learn how to make it work. You're not always going to agree. And you just have to work on yourself. You can't change your spouse. You can only work on yourself. And if you can start working on some of these insights that I talked about, or maybe you're thinking of some other things that you can do uh, to change yourself, uh, you know, if you spend more time working on changing yourself than wanting to change your spouse, I think you'll go a long way. Um, so, you know, I hope these help. And if your your marriage is on the rocks and, and not doing well, uh, just I really encourage you to don't give up. Don't lose hope. And hopefully you can find somebody, a friend, a trusted colleague or somebody that you can confide in that can kind of walk alongside you in this not as a a time to bash your spouse but a time to be encouraged and maybe held accountable in certain areas um, but don't give up that's the that's the worst thing that can happen now i realize that not every marriage is going to make it uh, if you just look at the statistics uh, it's skyrocketing the divorce rate and I just know, uh, you know, couples who come to see me, um, if they wait till the last minute, let's say I, I have even had clients, a uh, couple say that they're 98% ready to, to get divorced. They're already divorced. Uh, they're just not legally divorced, but emotionally they've, they've checked out. And so there's not a lot of hope for that marriage. But if you're willing to say, you know what, I don't know what my future holds, uh, or my marriage holds, but I do want to work on it, then there's a lot of hope. And if both spouses, or both couples are willing to work on it, it is so much more likely that your marriage is going to work out. Uh, so don't, don't uh, let the world tell you otherwise that it's too late. Uh, do everything you can to work on your marriage. So, uh, that's all I have for today. Again, I really appreciate you listening, and and uh, I w just want to encourage you that if your marriage is on the brink, then 
really think about contacting a therapist uh, about getting some help. Uh, I also uh, have my, my blog, my website. I do write uh, several things and articles that you might be interested in. That's at uh, johncordray.com. You're welcome to check that out. Uh, but uh, I really, really hope that your marriage will work and, and that maybe some of these insights might help you as well. So good luck, and I really hope and pray that your marriage will be strengthened and not weakened. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks a lot, and take care. Bye-bye. Do you get angry a lot? Do people tell you you have an anger problem, but maybe you don't want to go to some class or take time to see a therapist? Then my anger management video course may be just what you need. I designed my anger management video course to walk you step-by-step to learn how to control your anger. It's exactly what I teach my clients who come to see me in my office, but for a fraction of a cost. Find out more at keepcalmacademy.com. That's keepcalmacademy.com. Or you can visit my website at johncordray.com. You have been listening to the John Cordray Podcast Show. Until next time, stay in the green zone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.